You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. I thought I'd talk about the Blue Brain Project, John. It's a a pretty interesting Swiss government-funded and uh, there's private corporations and stuff that are backing it as well. Been going for a while now. It's a project to build biologically detailed digital reconstructions and simulations of the rodent and then ultimately the human brain. Um, so because we're quite similar, aren't we, to the to the rodent's brain? Well, the, look, well, the similarities. The, yeah. the, I suppose the process of building those um, those reconstructions of the, of the rodent brain is is good practice when it comes to building uh, reconstructions of the human brain. Right. Yes. But but obviously the human brains are far more sophisticated, course, much yeah. larger. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, they've started with rats. I guess because they often you know use you know use rats for um, experiments. That seems to be the forerunner to eventually developing similar things for the human brain. And they've got the benefit of using supercomputers, which allows them to do massive calculations and, and, and really look into the, the detail of the way synapses work, the linkages between different parts of the brain, mm-hmm. um, the way they interact, um, and, and even shedding light on the way that brains have evolved over time. One of the things that uh, that struck me, but videos that uh, that show you these these uh, reconstructions that they've done using supercomputers, and it, you know, look amazingly similar to like trees or even galaxies mm-hmm. or even fractals. So it's kind of art imitating life, or mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are really interesting things to look at. There's also some great TED talks and stuff which I was looking at last night uh, in preparing for this. Is it like more of like a three D visualization? Of yeah, the, that's right. Um, it's that kind of thing, absolutely. Or, or like an MRI is when we you know go in, it's and you can see it on the screen where it sort of maps, at, I guess, a, a moment in time. Is this measuring a, a real time? Like, could you say you know press play? One thing they do is they they simulate um, st- stimulus. So if they uh, if if the rat is is given food or is given bright light yeah. that sort of thing, seeing the effect of the environmental exactly. changes yeah. on the way and the brain the way the brain responds to them, sure. absolutely. So the research strategy is exploiting the interdependencies in the experimental data to uh, obtain dense maps of the brain without measuring every detail of its multiple levels of organisation, molecules, level uh, cells, microcircuits, brain regions, um, the whole brain. Uh, and this strategy allows the project to build digital reconstructions uh, or computer models of the brain at an unprecedented level of biological detail. And one of the things that they've um, achieved recently is the first ever digital 3D brain cell atlas. This has been released by the Blue Brain Project. We'll include links. It's bluebrain.epfl.ch. So this is a Swiss-based initiative. There are other companies and other organizations and you know, university-based organizations that are looking at brains and, and they're doing it in China. They're doing it in the States. So mm-hmm. it's not just um, in this particular place in Switzerland, but this is one of the, the sort of ones that's been going for a while is there a suggestion that maybe the, the there's some machine learning or ai that's it's taking studies from around the world and then feeding that data back into the brain not that i've come across what they've done recently is they've released the first ever digital 3d brain cell atlas mm-hmm. you know they liken this to going from a hand-drawn map to using google earth in terms of the sort of the de- the, the change in yeah. the the resource and the usability of so it you can zoom in zoom out and yeah. then you can get down to the street view level and actually see what's in the neighborhood exactly yeah. exactly 
Uh, it'll allow anyone to visualize every region of the mouse brain cell by cell. And this data is available to be freely downloaded for new analyses and modeling. So they're in inviting scientists around the world who are not necessarily connected with the Blue Brain Project mm -hmm. in Switzerland to contribute, to use their data mm -hmm. and to contribute to it and, and bring in their own initiatives and their own insights. To the I whole guess thing. that's how it feeds into the, like in a way that's machine learning because you, you you do a test on the mouse and there's a response to that so there's you know a measurable response and therefore if you feed that data back into the supercomputer that it knows how to react under those particular conditions and so the more information it has from the more studies then the more accurate that it gets over time and so not only are you seeing just the 3d model uh, like what you're seeing with uh, say you know as you said the google earth equivalent mm. then it's it becomes i guess a little bit more interactive you know what happens if we push this to extreme and based on the information it has if it's done a study it should then respond to that and maybe in future it can um you know look for similarities between the studies yeah and just quoting the um the director um and the project founder of blue brain it's professor henry markram and i watched a presentation that he did on ted one of the ted talks last night we'll include links on our website beyondinfinity.com.au but he's a really interesting guy very um you know great great speaker and and you know just fascinating to hear the way the way that he talks about the human brain as well so it's it's all really about they're using rats they're studying rats brain but the end goal is to understand the human brain better yes. and this is obviously to treat things like disease to mm. treat mental illness mm -hmm. treat um, anxiety treat um, schizophrenia treat um, depression all sorts of things yeah. that uh, because they reckon a very significant i think it's about two billion people out of the, the world's population of of over seven have some form of mental illness yeah right you know we're not necessarily talking about you know schizophrenia or really things that are going to wind up you know put people in uh, in hospital or in institutions mm -hmm. but just things that if dealt with if understood better could be treated better yes and you know with a view to using drugs better or mm -hmm. with a view to um you know providing better therapy that sort of stuff mm. It's a pretty important thing. And I think in some ways, you know, the human brain is the kind of last frontier yes. in a way of biologically of what we what we don't understand properly about the, the, the human body and mm -hmm. human anatomy. The real mystery is the human brain. You know, one of the suggestions is that, that the human brain... Um, that you actually that consciousness you're creating the universe around you in your mind mm -hmm. so it's 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 perception driven and and it does call into question you know how you define reality you know is reality a common thing or is it, is it an external thing or is it something that only exists in the human mind uh, it's very hard for us to know exactly <laughs> well it's very hard for us to know otherwise yes. and there are it's it's really interesting because the more you drill into this stuff and there's a lot this is a, a really big project and it's not the only one looking at the human brain there's a lot to get your head around or try to get your head around it's sort of suggesting that that idea that uh, that reality is formed in individual brains mm. is is not that far off the mark you know we may not there's it hasn't been disproven you know <laughs> so so it's interesting professor henry markram as i mentioned he, he said uh, quoting from their website despite vast numbers of studies over the past century cell numbers were still only available for four percent of mouse brain regions and these estimates often varied as much as threefold the Blue Brain Cell Atlas solves this problem by presenting the best estimates for even the smallest known region of the mouse brain. Knowing the circuit components and how they are arranged is also an essential starting point for modeling the brain, just as demographic data um, are essential for modeling a country, for example. Um, and that was uh, that last uh, uh, that last quote was from the lead author and creator of the Cell Atlas, uh, Saba Ero. There's lots of reading to do. 
you can you can actually go online and you can have a look at this map that's been created, like the so was Google this, Earth. Was it um, through direct observation or was it through inferred observation? I think it's using it's using the latest scanners, things like CD scans. Yeah. It's using even it's going into because the way they used to analyze brains was was um, putting dye into them and then cutting. You know, no, slices, slices, cross yep. sections, mm-hmm. and, and putting them on slides mm-hmm. and then looking at them microscopically, mm-hmm. electron micro, uh, microscopes, the like. And they've done that as well, but they've fed that data in to yep. a much more sophisticated database. They've mm-hmm. combined it with other methods like CT scans, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And then they've used supercomputers to, to analyze all this data. Yeah. yeah. So it's it really is taking advantage of modern technology and um, access to supercomputers in particular. I think that's sped up the whole process. Yeah. So this revolutionary 3D atlas took five years of carefully collecting and integrating thousands of stainings of brain tissue. Aero and colleagues uh, relied mostly on all the imaging data made available from the Allen Institute for Brain Science and combined this with a large number of other anatomical studies to calculate and validate the major types, numbers and positions of uh, of cells in each area of the mouse brain, including all the regions where cell data was never obtained before. Just quoting from the Blue Brain section manager, Mark Oliver uh, Gavaltig, our cell atlas is like going from hand-drawn maps to digitized versions of satellite images of cities and geographical features, allowing us to navigate the brain the way Google Earth allows us to navigate the Earth. It's 3D, it's high resolution, it's searchable, it's navigable, it's annotated, it's user-friendly, and it fills a huge gap in our knowledge of 96% of the mouse brain's regions. So, you know, and can anybody access this um, like they can with Google Earth, or is it for researchers yes, no, only? They, no, they can. That's right. This, this um, Blue Brain Cell Atlas is there for for anyone to use i believe and and uh, it may be you need to register that kind of thing mm-hmm. but it is it is out there they're sort of reaching out to the public and they're also reaching out to um to other scientists and and people you know in other research institutions around mm-hmm. the world to collaborate with them and, mm-hmm. and they've even benefited from that because they had access to the uh, allen institute for brain science so a lot of um imaging data was yeah, made right. available to this project it distinguishes um, excitatory, um, inhibitory, and other types of neurons, as well as major types of non-neuronal cells called glia, which insulate and protect neurons. Uh, another thing that's got, uh, that's come out of this is it's a great teaching aid. You can choose to display just the regions of interest and navigate through these down to the scale of individual cells, which are color-coded by the type of their morphology. It's the first brain atlas that is dynamic, allowing researchers to contribute and to improve the atlas with any new data. Quoting again from the founder of Blue Brain, Professor Henry Markram, he says, we can now move collaboratively towards the ground truth of what is inside the mouse brain. Uh, Our message to brain researchers everywhere is try it, use it, add data to it. And just want to add, uh, you know, how how good, how how far this has come, uh, you you know, in terms of research. We would think more whether it might be a biologist that has studied, uh, you know, life and and, and mice uh, in order to get to these results. But it's also other engineers such as, you know, hard digital and software engineers that have had to get here. So if you have an interest in uh, animals, humans, and also the the, the tech, the coding side of things, this is potentially a job for you in the future because just having a look at um, you know Blue Brain in terms of the vacant positions the careers that they offer yeah. more than half of those are about machine learning or some sort of coding language or something to do with the software side of things to 
actually continue this research. Yep. So obviously you do need the researchers that understand how the cells interact, you know, the biology of it all. But you also still, you know, in order to get it into the systems, you need the other half of the team, which is the, um, you know, the coders, the people that can actually enter that information. Yeah, that's right. So a fantastic opportunity if you've um, if you've got the sort of, uh, I would imagine, fairly specialist uh, university qualifications yes. to, be, to be working for this organisation, for Blue Brain. But, I mean, it is amazing just to look at some of the, the videos that they post on their website. Again, that web address, bluebrain.epfl.ch. Uh, you know, it's reminiscent of galaxies. It reminds, it, it sort of looks like forests. Uh, it looks like fractals. You know, it's just kind of visually interesting, even if you don't necessarily have to be a scientist to appreciate the detail and this insight that you're getting. And then you've got to remind yourself, well, hang on, I'm looking at a real scan yes. of a real neuron or, mm-hmm. or a synapse, and the synapses connect neurons. Mm-hmm. As we said before, it's kind of the last frontier. They are only sort of scratching the surface, but with this kind of stuff, with the benefit of supercomputing, they can uh, they can really do some some amazing things. I'm just actually running a video right now with John in the studio here, um, and it kind of you know to me it looks a bit like trees, you know, like a like with sort of root systems below the surface yeah. and branches above the surface. There's even um, other imagery which sort of is more like galaxies. It's pretty amazing stuff, and uh, it's all. It'd be, on their, it'd on their be pretty interesting to have a three D printed model of some of this stuff as well. Sure, yeah, yeah. That, that's something you'd have them sitting on the desk, I reckon. <laughs> and you know, look, they've done rats at the moment. It's going to be a while before they can they can tackle the human brain with the same amount of detail. But there's visualizations showing a you know a stimulated brain, yes. um, you know, processing data or processing restop, responding to stimulus. Yes, um, introducing food to it or some kind exactly. of external stimulus. Yeah. Yep. These are sort of realistic things. It looks like lightning or it looks like it's pretty hard to explain, but uh, it's, it, they're very, very detailed uh, images. You're kind of zooming in and out, literally flying through uh, a, a, a real, you know, real computer generated simulation of what it's like to be inside a live working mm. rat's brain. Wait till they do this with the human mind. I mean, look, it's, it's probably a fair way off when they before they can kind of get to the level of detail which they've got with these 3D maps of a of a rat's brain. Mm-hmm. For the, but you know when that happens, that'll be an amazing thing. Yes, and and just the that whole idea of you know answering that question of is reality created by every individual, or is there such a thing as collective consciousness? You know that we that we we experience the world. We have the same sort of brain. One of the suggestions I think I heard in one of the TED talks um, I was watching. They reckon that the, because of differences in the way brains are wired, it could explain why species can't communicate with each other. So you have okay. communications possible between humans mm-hmm. um, because we've got the same wiring. Mm-hmm. Other species, for example, rats um, or even you know monkeys, things that are cl- more closely related to us um, in the evolutionary chain, um, that we don't we can't communicate with them or dolphins yeah you know we know they've got big brains mm-hmm. but we can't communicate with them because of the wiring of the brain mm-hmm. so their perception may be just as advanced as us well, but I mean, they can't communicate it so that would be another amazing thing i mean imagine being able to to um, break down that communication barrier yeah. between different species i know like we uh, you know google's working on the uh, the headphones which convert uh, languages mm. uh, when you're speaking to somebody of a foreign language mm. uh, imagine that there was an interspecies type uh, converter as well yeah yeah like the Babelfish. i think we've got a yeah, podcast yeah. about yeah, exactly. that a little device like the Babelfish, which was written up in the uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy all those years ago so yeah definitely recommend that you go check out the blue brain project website there's a whole lot of movies and stuff simulations of uh, the inside of rats brains and um, 
um, right down to a, a very, very granular level, um, both on YouTube and on their website. We'll have links and we might even post some videos to our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.